Claudia, and we're just two ladies talking about ladies. We wanted to create a safe space for women to voice their opinions on various topics about life and share their stories. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for hanging. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to No FM. It's really exciting because this is our first um, week of recording. So. <laughs> Live. <laughs> Live, we'll say. <laughs> Clearly, you guys have heard our previous episodes. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, um, it's us talking to you from Wednesday now. <laughs> um, today, we are going to talk about what we were gonna call the sixth sense that women have, but Crystal's research has proven that, (laughs) proven, it is correct because she wrote it down. I actually researched this, you know, because you can believe everything that you read online. Um, (laughs) So yeah, we were gonna talk about the sixth sense, what we perceived as, you know, intuition, that gut feeling that you get sometimes in weird situations or that the hairs standing up on the back of your neck, you know, your body's trying to tell you something. But apparently that's probably your seventh sense because (laughs) we actually have a sixth sense according to scientists and they have a name for it. Uh, It's proprioception and that is humans awareness of where our limbs are and how our bodies are positioned in space and that's what scientists agree are is our official sixth sense so we're going to talk about our seventh sense which is your intuition your gut instincts and how that pertains to women and society and humanity Yes, this idea was sent us by a listener named Jessica. (laughs) Thank you for your support, Jessica. We love you. Yeah, thank you. And it's just a little reminder that we desperately need ideas, so please send us them. (laughs) We love the feedback, too. Yes, it's so nice that there's actually people on the other side of this now. <laughs> it also proves that we have listeners, which is uh, very encouraging for us. <laughs> yes, we're very excited that you're coming on this journey with us. So let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, I um, when I was talking about our topic this week with some friends, uh, they started talking about like fight or flight Mm -hmm. like fight versus flight and how that has a lot to do with our intuition and how we perceive the world and things like that and I feel like for people like me I don't know about you Crystal (laughs) but I am always in flight or flight uh fight or flight (laughs) because of my anxiety (laughs) it's always seeing all of the possible outcomes of most situations and I think it has definitely kept me out of very scary situations in life but it also kept me from actually just like doing life without fear Mm. or consciousness which would have been fun now that I'm very conscious (laughs) yeah I mean I guess that's an interesting uh first topic um would be 
those moments in life where you go against your gut instincts like uh you know like sean and i went cliff diving in barcelona and so you're standing on the edge of a cliff yeah you know there's water sure there's also a cliff and rocks and you know you don't really your imagination can go wild with uh what's in the water sure but um it was it was really an exhilarating experience because everything in your body and your mind is telling you why are you know why are you running towards this cliff whatever you do don't jump off this cliff and that's exactly what you do but i think that's what is some of the most uh exciting experiences in life is when you sort of go against those gut instincts obviously you know with precautions but <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i think and oh. <laughs> yeah i think there are definitely like you have to like learn your own body your own experience your own limits and things like that and unfortunately sometimes you have to learn through things that don't work out or turn out to be a little dangerous or scary or something like that but there are times where you definitely have to be like no I'm gonna do this like this my I feel like that isn't as much of intuition even though it is your body being like do not jump off this cliff what the f are you doing <laughs> do you see how I said f instead of fuck I'm it was so, so proud nice. of you <laughs> Like, what are you doing? Don't do that. That's more, uh, I think, I mean, it's all survival, but I think really what pertains to women specifically is that feeling of danger when you're by yourself or, mm -hmm. like, why we walk with, like, our key in our hands. <laughs> and, you know, men don't have to think twice about that. Mm -hmm. And the difference, there is a difference between what we as women have to, you know, we internalize, but also what we have to be cautious of. And it's a lot more than most men even consider ever in their life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think it really, if you like look into like, you know, generational trauma and generational healing and things like that, I think women have a lot to heal from that always on it fight or flight feeling when you're by yourself or in a situation you're not familiar with or you know things like that you know yeah, and I, I do think that it's unfortunate that a lot more women than you know I feel like any of us would like to admit you know we've we have friends family um that have had you know, near life or death situations like that, unfortunately, or, you know, you don't, you know, you don't know what could have happened. Um, but I don't really, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't know if it's something that we've evolved to have as women, uh, or if it's just something that, like you said, men don't have to think about it, or maybe women are just have to be more aware so that's something that I would find interesting because I feel like if you're put in a certain situation, if you have a man and a woman, you know, in the woods and a tiger is stalking them, I feel like they're both pretty well aware that they're being hunted, 
that they're prey. So I, I find it interesting that it's women who find themselves more in touch with that uh, instinct, we'll call it. It's so funny that you use those words, like hunter and prey. That's exactly and like... what it's for, though. If you think back yeah. to, you know, when we were cave people, that's why we have that, so that you don't get eaten. <laughs> yeah. And for a lot of men and a lot of society, you know, women are prey. Mm-hmm. We are at, you know, we are hunted by men, which I hated saying. I know. It makes <laughs> it made me cringe. really uncomfortable. It's so cringy. But we've all been there. And it's just like. I feel like every, every woman, every adult woman has, has had an experience like that. And I feel like if you talk to anybody, they're like, oh, yeah, this one, this one time at a bar or at, you know, a, a yeah. college, like, frat party, like. Oh, it's crazy. You can feel it. Yeah. It's like you can feel, like, I've been working in customer service for way too long. (laughs) 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 And in service work and things like that. So I'm, like, dealing with the public a lot. And I, the other day I noticed that I can tell the second a conversation with a customer goes from, a friendly conversation to them being like, huh, hmm, so, you know, are you from here? And I'm like, man, you could have just said nothing and we could have both left here feeling comfortable, but now I'm uncomfortable. And like, it's like this look and this vibe check and then this like opening of mouth. (laughs) (laughs) There's a sequence. See, yes. Ah, and I, that's interesting that you say that because uh, I would say that I'm pretty notorious for having the total opposite reaction. I'd be like, oh, wow, they were so friendly. <laughs> um, so I wonder. That's where we differ. Well, that's one thing. I wonder <laughs> if that is just how you perceive a certain situation, maybe how you're conditioned. You know, if you're conditioned to take certain social cues to have an underlying meaning, then I can see that, like, where those two situations might differ. Um, But I just think that, I think that's pretty funny. (laughs) That's so funny. I never know when people are flirting with me. I'm like, oh, have a wonderful day. I don't know. I see, I have, I feel like everybody should be, should be kind and should be polite and should ask you about your day and, you know, throwing a comment. Yeah. I feel like everybody should talk to each other like that. I feel like there is definitely, like, a limit, though. There's a limit where you're like, okay, we've talked for, like, we've had pleasantries for five minutes now, and I took your order, and now we're, like, waiting for your order. And, yeah, I'll say, like, wow, it's very sunny out today, isn't it? Or, mm. wow, did you see, like, I don't know, that game the other night, even though I have no idea what game it was or what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like fill the space with those kind of things but when they start asking me personal questions and they like relax their shoulders a little bit and like get into like my face a little bit more there's like there's just like this sequence of things that happen where I'm like now you're being weird (laughs) now you're being a weirdo and like I don't want to tell you where I'm from (laughs) so sorry I don't know I think it comes from like 
also having to like deny people all the time. I'm like, that sounds <laughs> condescending. I'm Claudia and I'm so hot. <laughs> I am so pretty. All the boys like me until I start talking about the patriarchy. <laughs> no, you should leave that. That is the highlight of this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I think also, like, so I got boobs in fifth grade. <laughs> like, like, not little, like, puff balls, but Bonkers. I got, like, like almost bees <laughs> in fifth grade. Like, it wasn't fair. Uh, the universe was like, we're going to um, challenge you a bit here. <laughs> and I feel like I was, I've been sexualized for a very long time mm-hmm. just because of my natural developments and things. So I think that I take most... (laughs) This is going to (laughs) sound... I take most men's opinions about me or looks towards me or anything as creepy (laughs) and weird, and I don't like it. (laughs) That's definitely comes from, like, a long... History of just being, like, sexualized mm-hmm. for so long and, like, people staring at my boobs, looking at my boobs, touching my boobs, like, doing things and saying things. And I think I built up so much fight or flight against men specifically that I have had to, like, do some serious digging into it to be able to even have a relationship with a man like I do right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like for a lot of women, they experience similar sexualization from like a young age, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I feel like. Well, I was just going to say uh, what I find most bizarre about, you know, sexualization and the whole, you know, being hunted, stalked, prey mentality is that uh, it's almost normalized. Um, in society, you know, when, when, even when you're, yeah, like you said, a small child, you know, don't talk to strangers, um, stuff like that. Don't talk to strangers. And then, um, you know, in, in your adolescence, you start to get an awareness of people staring or looking at you, you can feel it. And then, you know, when you go off to, to college or just in your adult life, it's almost expected that something along those uh, darker avenues is going to happen to you. You know, like uh, they have the blue lights on college campuses. Mm -hmm. That's if you're walking alone at night and you feel somebody following you, it's to alert the police. But it, it, it like boggles my mind because I'm always, I'm almost like, okay, everybody is expecting this to happen. That's why, you know, you're trying to prepare for it but part of me is like well should it that doesn't really solve the problem you're mm-hmm. trying to treat a symptom of a societal issue uh yeah. i feel like this is something that needs to be uh, just changed you're not going society. to the s- yeah you're not going to the source right. like if you you're really wanted to change things you, I'm not gonna you're lie. Just it's like, not a good treatment either, because you gotta fucking sprint like a hundred yards to get to one of these blue lights. I know. And if some, you know, if They're, somebody's following you, you better hope that uh, you can outrun them. I guess, like, 
Jeez. It's like either have them at every single like intersection, like every like very convenient, or don't do it. Like it's it's like a half-assed way of being like we protect the women on campus, but we're not and stopping notoriously. Rape culture. Exactly, like, here's a blue light, and but we're still not going to address <laughs> rape culture. Yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna talk to men about it. No, no, right. no, 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 no. We're not gonna teach. We're not. No, 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 no. We're not in this business to teach offenders to stop offending. <laughs> we are in this business to mildly protect the uh, prey. See, no, I, I don't even think it's. I, I don't think it's. I'm glad they're trying. I do not think. It's no. Yes. In any way. I had to like reel myself <laughs> in for a second. But you yeah, know what? No. I know. We, you went crazy, and I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, because you know what it reminds me of? It's like when you're on an airplane, and they're like, oh, in in the case of, uh, you know, an emergency evacuation, read the pamphlet in front of you. I'm like, no, if there's an emergency situation on a plane, you're going to die. Like, so I'm like, what does the pamphlet do? What does the life vest do? Oh, the little life vest with the light and the whistle? Oh, you're gonna, I'm gonna whistle in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and somebody's gonna find me? Great. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for the fucking blue light. I am heated. (laughs) The blue light is like the whistle on the life vest. It is useless. I appreciate the thought, but (laughs) let's just not crash the plane. Let's address rape culture. Okay. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm Crystal Wiley. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Fuck the blue light. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Man, the roles really switched on this one here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm crying because I'm just so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I'm heated up tonight. Oh my goodness. Yes. Release it. No, you're <laughs> at, like, yes. <laughs> I'm starstruck right now. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, what were we even talking about? <laughs> our, our seventh sense. Our six and a half yes. sense, I guess. Our six the and a half light, The blue light sense. doesn't do anything for it. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the blue light kind of, like, made me more nervous seeing Right. It, it was like... like there's must gonna be a run problem. into this situation. Yeah, like it's inevitable, and it's just like it's crazy, and like colleges really don't focus on like the like rape part of rape culture. They focus on the we want your money, so we're gonna put these lights up. <laughs> we're, we're gonna make your parents feel comfortable, and they'll keep paying us. I just love to. They make such a big deal about. Oh, no hazing. Oh, this is a no hazing campus. How about a no rape campus? Like, just saying. Please. Please. <laughs> like, okay, like, great. I'm fuck glad the hazing. No- I'm glad nobody's getting tied up with duct tape or they have to streak across campus like, oh, boo hoo. You know. Which is like a part of rape culture, <laughs> you know? It's like teaching men just that aggression means manliness. And if you harass these, like, freshmen, you're going to be, like, a real man. Or this is just, like, the, all of, tied into rape culture. And it's just, like, it's just insane that we keep having these, like, movements 
about women <laughs> and nobody was being like, hmm, maybe we should talk to the men. Maybe, maybe we have to like teach men differently. Maybe boys will be boys is really harmful to women. And it's like, what the mm. fuck, <laughs> dude? <laughs> All of these women are pouring into the streets, begging you to stop attacking us. Please stop. Like, we are not prey. We are equals. We are just as you are. So leave us the F alone. Leave us alone and stop. And wow, this conversation <laughs> just went. <laughs> but I think that is a huge part of this like intuition or this like sense that women have when they're in danger. And I think another thing on top of it is that for so long we've been told to be nice and <laughs> be polite and yeah. just say, oh, okay, thank you, like, yeah, like, or, like, of the girls I work with, they'll, like, feel uncomfortable when men ask for their numbers or for, like, their Instagrams or whatever or their name or any of this stuff, and they feel uncomfortable saying no because everyone knows when you say no, it's always, well, why not? Why? Why not? It can't just be no. It has to be no because blah 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 because I have a boyfriend because I am a lesbian because I don't like you like I don't know what you want Mm -hmm. me to I just met you I'm uh giving you a service right now and like that's why you're attracted to me I it's it's insane and so they give their numbers out and their names and stuff and then it's just like because they feel like they have to and that's something that we've been taught is that we have to be nice and accommodating and we have Mm. to you know go along with it say yes so we're not a bitch or like (laughs) I almost said my favorite word but I'll leave it off of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) I don't know we're getting all fired up tonight (laughs) right Crystal said I can say cunt so I mean, oh God, it's just, it, and uh, you know, we, yeah, we are fired up and we have a right to be fired up because we shouldn't have to deal with this and no, nobody should have to deal with this. Whether you're a woman, man, you know, any, any part of our, our society, if you're a group of people that feels uh, threatened, in danger, preyed upon, bullied, you should never have to feel that way. And the fact that we are in this time, we are in modern time, and that's still happening, it is infuriating. And I'm angry about it. (laughs) It is super angry. Angry. It's super angry. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I also really believe that the airplane people should stop putting those pamphlets also you're just like sitting on the plane like you know the tv doesn't work because i don't know i find that i rarely have a tv that works on a plane and then you're just like looking at the magazines and stuff and then you're just reading this pamphlet and you're like wow i that's like every time i get onto a plane before we take off i have a moment with for myself where i'm like now 
your life is out of your control. I feel like that's the only time I can let go of control is on a plane because I'm like, if this goes down and you die, it's just what, that's it. That's what's and happening. That little, the little whistle on your me. life jacket will not save but you. But clearly, like... In the 1900s, when the Titanic went down, Rose was saved by her whistle. <laughs> she was on a boat, not a plane. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was on a boat, so then a life jacket <laughs> may be favorable in that scenario. At 10,000 feet, going about, I don't no, know, what you is need, it, you need a parachute. They should give you a parachute. Your seat should be a parachute. That would be a better <laughs> idea. Parachutes. <laughs> Little fucking life jacket with a whistle. I'm like, Crystal's <laughs> never seen Titanic. Like, what is she talking about? This whistle. I'm a, such a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, we're talking about the seventh sense. It's cent. all about the patriarchy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I wanted to um, bring up, so I listened to this podcast. It's pretty famous. It's uh, My Favorite Murder, and I really like it a lot. It's kind of um, made my anxiety worse, but at the same time, <laughs> I feel very comforted. Is, so. that like, is that like people that like are married to a serial killer and they have no, no idea? No, it's, it's like these two oh. women comedians <laughs> and they talk about murders that they like, <laughs> like true crime oh. and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. But... It triggers your anxiety. Yeah, because they're talking about, basically, it's just women getting slaughtered all the time. And so then when I'm driving, I like... Like, yeah, I should probably lock my doors. <laughs> like, oh, I'm at a red light and it's pretty dark out. And it's like, I don't have to be thinking about that all the time. But they have, okay. like, they're also, like, feminists and they talk a lot about, like, that one of their Logan, uh, Logans, <laughs> one of their slogans is fuck politeness. And it's, oh, yeah, like isn't it so good? It's like, when you're in... Like, those moments, like, we're talking about, and you're just not sure. You kind of get that feeling. It's like, in that moment, fuck politeness. Go with that vibe. Be a psycho. Tell them off. Don't get murdered. Like, just... Yeah, make a scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they have... Sometimes they have, like, hometown murders, and it was, like, a guy who did it, but I thought it was hilarious. They... They were driving, and they picked up a hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker, like... That's a terrible Oh, yeah. It's real bad. And the hitchhiker, like, pulled a knife to him and was like, drive. And he was like, in that moment, I just had to decide, was I going to let him be the crazy person in this car? Or was I going to be the crazy person in this car? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He started going, like, 90 miles per hour. And he's like, are you ready to fucking die? Let's die together. And the guy was like, no, 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 no. Just let me out of the car. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of stories like that where it's like someone almost got murdered and but they like acted wow. out crazy. There was one where like in the 70s one of their friends was I don't know if I'm allowed to like talk about the podcast on the podcast, but I don't know if this is like I guess copyright. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess if they reach out to us, yeah, and then we'll say thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) 
Go listen to their podcast. Yeah. There we go. Now it's yeah. There we go. And then like then come back and listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you more good podcast recommendations. <laughs> but I love the fuck politeness thing because women are like so it's so ingrained into our being to be nice and to make everyone feel okay and like have everyone like us when we leave a room. And it's like, fuck you if you don't like me. <laughs> I don't like you. Go away. Like, Men don't have to worry about being liked. They just have to worry mm. about, like, I don't know, zipping up their fly. I don't even know what men worry about. What is it? Tell me. What do you worry about? <laughs> hey, Sean, what do you worry about? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's it's an interesting point. Um, I guess that's, you know, one one example of people playing into their instincts and it, you know, working out in their favor. Um, I, I watch these little like mini documentaries, um, and it's called, uh, it's a series evil lives here. I wouldn't recommend you watch it, Claudia. I feel like, I feel like you'd be very suspicious of Joe. (laughs) Um, but it's all about, uh, people that lived in the same household either they were married to the person or it was like a family member or a mother or father who wound up being a serial killer and it's it's a really interesting take i think especially for uh the the ones that are spouses Mm -hmm. because it's like it's like astonishing to me that you know they've been with this person for you know, a decade. And like throughout that whole decade, you never got like a weird feeling. You never were was like a little suspicious or like you never asked a question. And usually, you know, they interview the people and usually they say either they wanted to ignore the warning signs because they were in love with the person or or they straight up like knew and they were just terrified to make a move. So they just, like, tried not to upset that person, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But, you know, I just, yeah, that, that that's a weird example where how do you, and how do you confront somebody about that? Like, if you thought, like, your significant other was going out and murdering hitchhikers at night, do you bring that up over a cup of coffee? Like, how do you... <laughs> How do you address that? No, yeah, I feel like that is, like, very interesting. Also, how (laughs) I think a lot of that is a lot of us are taught to just push those feelings down and, like, not trust our feelings. Maybe we've been gaslit our whole lives or something like that, and, like, we've just been taught not not to trust our own feelings, our own intuition, and um, mm-hmm. I feel like with the other part of it being, like, scared and stuff, I think that's very prevalent in, uh, you know, uh, trigger warning, uh, domestic abuse situations, mm-hmm. too, where you obviously right. don't want to be hurt like that, but you've seen a different side of it, and you've seen, like, the mm-hmm. good, or maybe, like, you know, you don't have the finances or whatever, but... It's right. like in those there's, there's usually a power Yeah. Dynamic. And in those situations, like I feel like especially when it's like a man 
in power and the woman submissive. It's very Mm -hmm. much taught to us to be submissive. So you're playing Mm -hmm. into what, you know, has been drilled into us for generations from like a time Mm -hmm. where we were considered property and in 2021 Mm -hmm. where people still think we should be property. It's hard not to be like, yeah, all women should be on their toes all the time. But at the same time, I also don't think it's women's responsibility to teach men to be better. I think it's men's responsibility to teach men to be better. But that's... So they have to want to be exactly. better. Exactly. And I I don't think it's... It's similar to how I don't think it's, like, black people's jobs to teach white people why they're racist. <laughs> I, think, mm-hmm. I think it's very similar in the fact where... Can we ever get out of a rape culture unless it's men talking to their friends, talking to other men, having these conversations, and really wanting to make women more comfortable in life? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very jarring to see how many conversations women have had like this publicly mm-hmm. and through, like, major productions and like at awards ceremonies and things like that and we've been talking about it since like 2017 at least is when this like you know started becoming a regular topic that people started talking about it's been four years and we're still like Yes, men, you have to hold your friends accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I think women have been taking on this moment in time, too, is, you know, holding women accountable, being like, hey, you shouldn't be, like, crappy to women because who else is standing up for us other than other women, you know? It's definitely something I wish we didn't have to live with, that intuition, that six and a half cents. <laughs> but it's a reality of the world we live in that we have to to survive and not be the next prey or something like that and it's just really sad it's a sad thing that women have to be so hyper aware of everything because there's literally danger all around us at all times yeah yeah I mean it is a sad reality um but at the, t- at the same time, you know, I'm glad that we have that intuition. And I'm glad that more people are talking about it because this is really like the first steps of actually making a change in society, in culture. We have to address the issue, get to the root of the issue, and then work to solve it. At Collectively, though, it's got to be... It's got to be a united front for any of the issues that we discuss, you know, here. Whether it be rape culture, racism, um, you know, any injustices in the world that, that we see that we're experiencing from our perspective. So there is, I feel like, I feel like we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is a safe space for, for women and for anybody who feels, uh, you know, threatened or in danger or uh, targeted. Yeah, that is a great transition into the woman that I brought by today. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, 
I think that a lot of women know the Me Too movement. I think that it has mm-hmm. been eye-opening for a lot of this country and just validating for a lot of survivors realizing that, that they aren't um, alone, that there are a lot mm-hmm. of, unfortunately, a lot of other women out there who and men who have experienced some kind of sexual assault in some way at some point. And Me Too was created in 2006, and it was focused on um, black and brown women and giving black and brown female uh, survivors a voice. And it didn't really come around to... I'm going to call it white culture until about like 2017, I think is when Me Too came out mm. and happened. I wanted to highlight um, Tarana Burke, who is the founder and creator of Me Too. She is an amazing woman, and I recommend following her on Instagram or whatever social media. I don't know about any other one, but it became... Uh, mainstream because Alyssa Milano uh, tweeted it out and that started, you know, the whole movement and Harvey Weinstein and, you know, all of these things, R. Kelly, all of these things came out of Me Too. It has blown it up into like this amazing thing that has helped a lot of people, but I just wanted to... um, highlight I watched um a while back Instagram did this like it was like over the summer they did this like share the mic thing where white famous woman gave um black women access to their Instagrams and they posted like live stories and stuff like that and um uh I was watching them and uh Tarana was one of them and um she Afterwards, did a different um, Instagram video with this other amazing woman, uh, Dr. Yada Blay. She is a very outspoken, amazing black woman. <laughs> and if you are sensitive, I would not follow her. Uh, but I, she just did this amazing conversation with Glennon Doyle, who is a... Um, famous writer um she's married to abby wombat the um female uh, the the soccer player from the uh woman's national team i think is what it's called i (laughs) but they just had this amazing conversation that i recommend anyone who's interested go and listen to if you want to figure out how as like a white woman you can participate in the movement currently going on and how to support other black women and really where like our role in everything is. Um, It was really amazing and it's very blunt, but I appreciate bluntness and I don't think that she has to sweeten her words for us. I think that she should be more than direct and she is really awesome too. So (laughs) I wanted to talk about her too. But um. When I was researching um, Tarana, I was, like, I wasn't surprised, but I was inspired a bit. She's been an activist since she was a teenager. 
um, and she went to college to pursue her passion for organizing and campaigning, which I wish when I was younger I knew that I wanted to be an activist <laughs> or knew what the word was and then focused my studies a little bit more, but <laughs> I am um, very happy to see that people have, you know, been doing this for since young ages and are continuing to do it now and just like it makes me very hopeful for all of those um all of those teenagers from um parkland in uh florida with that whole like the shooting and the anti-gun movement and things like that and gun safety laws like what are they gonna bring to our lives wow they're just gonna be amazing one day. They're already amazing, but they're just gonna be so awesome. And if they just keep, pers- it just gives me so much hope for like younger activists. And she um, was working in um, Selma, Alabama, and she organized the. Um, she worked with an organization called Twenty First Century, um, and that's where she created the idea for Me Too because she was talking to a lot of. Um, black and brown women in Alabama and they all had really similar stories of past abuse and domestic violence and things like that and she was just tired of it the way we're fucking tired of it (laughs) she was like you know what I'm gonna start something that protects black and brown women and brings education into schools and she really just did everything that like we hope and dream is normal in all of schools and society one day. And I think she's just a really awesome woman to highlight. Um, she also has a nonprofit called Just Be Incorporated, which is still up and running, and that puts program uh, programs in schools that focus on the health and well-being of young black and brown women. And now she is seen as a world leader in the fight against sexual harassment. And um, it's just amazing that we have such a courageous, smart, educated woman leading the way. She's like paving the way for the rest of us to figure it out and help end rape culture. And it's just really awesome. And I think like that kind of like tied into our whole conversation about like why women have this intuition and why mm-hmm. we um, have this six and a half cents. <laughs> and it, it's just nice to know she's out there working it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, what an inspiration. Um, we can all take a lesson from her and. That's what we have to do, you know, we have to stand together um, and just, you know, we can't forget about all the people that have been hurt and that are still being hurt or going through pain uh, associated with situations like that. Um, it's just something that we have to work on moving forward as a, as a society, as a culture. And I do think that culture is growing, you know. I think people are becoming more aware and uh, I think a lot of people are trying to change the world for the better. Yeah, we just need a little bit more help from the men. Come on, guys. (laughs) Use all this power that you've collected for good for once. (laughs) 
But yeah, I think that, you know, follow your gut. The universe is mm-hmm. on your side. If you feel uncomfortable, it's, I don't know. For me personally, I feel like it's better to go with it than fight against it in certain social situations. If you feel threatened or in danger by another person where you are, I would suggest just leaving and then like, you know, if you made a mistake and they were actually being nice, then like apologizing the next time and they should just like understand like mm-hmm. how women have to exist in this world. But I think, yeah, like fuck politeness and go with your gut because your gut is your guidance and... You know, if you put it into the universe's hands, she will take care of you. And if you're open to her, she will guide you in the right direction and keep you away from creepos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it for tonight. (laughs) Thanks for being with us on uh, our first week of episode. Uh, We're really excited to talk to you guys more and have a good night. Yeah, have a good night and be careful when you choose your airlines. (laughs) (laughs) All right, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.